Southeast High. Hi, welcome back. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And my name is Tyler. And today we're talking about Minute 50 of High School Musical 2. Whoa, over, over the hill. Yep, we're almost halfway there, but not quite yet. We're not quite living on a prayer. Nope. But we are joining Troy and Gabriella as they swim under the waterfall and end the minute with Fulton generously overlooking something. <laughs> well, he's he's overlooking Them. Troy and Gabriella in the pool, and he's overlooking something else, but he just had, hasn't finished his sentence yet in the minute. Indeed. So... We get the eighth wonder of the natural world in this minute, Ty. Yeah, so Troy and Gabriella swim through the waterfall, and there's a little cove behind the waterfall where they can look at... The backside of water! Whoa! Disney throwing in a a reference to their Jungle Cruise joke. Not really. (laughs) We're just throwing it in because we love that ride so much. I think any... like, I guess they showed up at the location... And there was like a little waterfall in the pool and they were like, okay, well, during the during the romantic pool scene, they have to go in behind the waterfall. It's almost kind of disappointing that they didn't have like more of a moment behind the waterfall, I guess, because they have to have the moment near the edge of the pool so that Fulton can walk up to them. Yeah, because they're just kind of dancing in the pool. That's like what they do this minute is like dancing, like water dancing. They, they swim yeah, under the water and dance, and then they, like, Troy grabs Gabriella and spins her. Yeah, there's 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 some sort of, like, underwater flirting going on. Like, Gabriella pokes Troy, and then they're, they're, like, splashing each other. And, you know, when you're when you're swimming, you weigh less, so you can, like, kind of, like, hold the other person up or, like, throw them or stuff like that. So, yeah. It, I, I was also surprised that they didn't spend more time under the waterfall. I feel like that would have made sense for a kiss. Yeah, or just at least for like, because later in the minute, Troy Troy has this thing where it's like, it finally feels like summer, and we can talk about that. But like, yeah, the 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 interesting shot would have like been for the director to choose like, oh, we've got this waterfall, we can sort of create this intimacy between the characters when they're in this small enclosed space. Like that's in a way that like the visuals will will reflect the feelings of the characters in this way. But we don't get that. We just get them. They go behind the waterfall. Oh, it's cool. This is a little pool that has a little waterfall. And then they swim under the water and we get an underwater shot, which is pretty cool. I just felt like it was very long. It was long. (laughs) It was funny because it was like there was like a long. It wasn't even that long. It was like five to ten seconds, maybe. Yeah. And then they then the they cut back to above the pool and they've swum like swam. They've swum. <laughs> they have swam like sw- they have swimming, swimming, <laughs> swum, <laughs> swimmed. I think it's swam. They, ha- they, ha- they have, they, they have swam? swam. No, they swam. They sw- There's no have. <laughs> but I want to do have that. That's a thing you can do with verbs. <laughs> Not every have, verb. They have swam like, five feet so like there's this like underwater shot and then we cut up and they've like they've barely moved that's what's funny about it that's why they're water dancing not swimming because with dancing you never move very far 
but they're they're just kind of doing this like holding hands and spinning it's 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 not it's not much of anything no that's <laughs> why why we're struggling to describe it well that was why i thought this minute was the same as last minute. well they could have like they could have like choreographed something like they yeah. could have it doesn't need to be a song but there could actually be mute like there it is weirdly quiet there's like light score going on underneath all of this but like they could have amped up a, like a romantic sounding score yeah there's there's a version of this scene where it's like it's like a really uh, it's a romantic kind of like fantasy sequence where they're and it doesn't it doesn't need to be like a purely fantasy sequence but it could just sort of be like an extended emotional experience where we're, we're like oh this is troy and gabriella having a moment connecting on their little date instead we get kind of like 30 seconds of them swimming and you're like okay that's something like but it's it's not it's not like it goes too fast for it to feel like an emotional moment yeah but also it it goes too long for it to feel interesting (laughs) yeah honestly i think in my brain i'm comparing it to from princess and the frog evangeline which i know you haven't seen but I've seen Princess and the Frog. You have? Yeah. Okay. We watched it. Did together. I make you watch it? Yeah, in like 2020. Oh, okay. Because um, I love that movie and I would think about it all the time if I had the ability to. But they are dancing. What's, what's on- stopping you? <laughs> um, people's familiarity with it in this household. <laughs> I- you, can think, you can think about it all you want just talking about it i cannot do um but they like dance underwater and it's choreographed and then they go above water and dance some more and it just is this nice like there's lighting effects like i get that they're just in a pool at a like a a country club but like we get like two shots one underwater and one above water like that's it it just it, it needs something to make it actually feel emotional that it just doesn't have. Yeah. Granted, when when they when they pop out of the when they pop out of the pool and they're like right next to each other in that sort of almost about to kiss pose, and Troy says, you know, Gabrielle, it's finally starting to feel like summer. Well, first they like stop. The, well, no, they spin some more and then they they go to the edge of the pool and they like listen to the coyotes and he's like, shush. <laughs> they're birds and bug sounds. And Gabriella, and all four of those things make him feel like he's finally having summer. Yeah, I guess, I guess I didn't take the like um, spatial audio, the surroundings into account when he said that. That's interesting. The like the bug sounds and the coyote sounds, which you wouldn't expect to be like a peaceful thing, but I guess if they're far away, then that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how um, close they would be. Like. <laughs> If they're just like uh, on on hole nine and look out, guys, they're coming for you. <laughs> it would be it would be interesting if like I don't know, like if their school mascot was not the Wildcats but some sort of like dog. Like if their school was the Coyotes, and then them listening to the Coyotes was like a uh type thing. But yeah, Wildcats make scary noises that aren't peaceful the way coyotes do. <laughs> like, listen, it's a Wildcat. Scream. <laughs> uh, but 
it, it makes sense why he says it feels like summer. You're like, you are feeling the, like, you know, the moment is happening. Mm-hmm. They're finally spending time together and they're at a pool, which I'm sure helps. And like and the cool of the evening after a really hot day, like there's. It's like a reflective time. Yeah. In more than one way. <laughs> Um, because because pools, pools are reflective. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha, you. Yeah. I got gotcha. um, <laughs> I was just gonna let it sit because <laughs> no jokes are more funny when you explain them. Oh, I, of course. I'm sorry. I forgot. I forget well, like every earlier, time. <laughs> earlier, when they were having their picnic on the green, it was like they get interrupted by the sprinklers, and it's like ah, we're we're always like we never have time to enjoy ourselves. Right. And that was the conversation that they were having during that moment is like they feel stressed. They're always being forced to look towards the future and they never get a chance to actually settle down and relax. Mm-hmm. And now in this moment, they are getting that chance to settle down and relax. It's still going to get interrupted, but. Yeah. It's just kind of like you you said in the last minute, like this turns into fantasy a little bit in this scene. Like, Almost like a childhood fantasy. Like, yeah. I want to, like, have a moment with a romantic partner. Under a waterfall, and then we swim underwater and look at each other despite it being a chlorinated pool and our eyes are burning. <laughs> but, no, it is... I was thinking about it in between, and I was like, yeah, no, this does have, like, fantasy elements in the way, like, Fabulous blurred the lines as well, that it's like, oh, they're just spending this time, like... like swimming underwater for like this prolonged moment and then there we get this kind of sweeping shot of troy spinning gabriella around as she's lying on her back in the pool and it's just like there's a fancifulness to it or like a blissfulness to it that like shows their young love in in its joy yeah like they could have like implied that 15 minutes have gone by or something like yeah. They could have been caught, like, dripping, like, coming out of the pool, dripping wet, like, or, like, in the middle of their picnic or something. Like, if some time had went by and we got the feeling that they had actually had a few minutes together, then that would be interesting. But it's, like, it's so fast, like. Well, Troy is a bad secret person. <laughs> We've established that. Yeah. No, it, it, I, I get what you're saying, and yeah, but I wonder if Disney chose not to do that so as not to allow room for questioning whether or not Troy or Gabriella were unchaste. <laughs> I don't think that that was the implication I was making. They could have just, like, jumped in the pool, and then next shot they're getting out of the pool and having a picnic, like... They don't have to have a clandestine meeting <laughs> in the alcove behind the waterfall. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But then Just, uh, who should Colton look shows up? up. <laughs> but f- they go in to kiss yet again. And Fulton interrupts them this time. Saying, Do we know Fulton's first name? What's his? No. Mr. His first name his is just Mr. His first name is Mr. Mr. Fulton. We can just call him Mr. from now on. Mr. Mr. But Fulton's like, oh, look, a couple of water bugs. Yeah, I don't, I'm not I've never been a pool owner. Is, is water bugs like a like an infestation you have to keep out? Well, I think like, I mean, it's water pretty self-explanatory. Like don't want 
Yeah. Like, I get that you don't want bugs in the pool, but, like, it's just, like, a specific thing, or is it just, like, a general well, phrase? I think it's a general phrase. I, I don't know of just one bug that's called a water bug. <laughs> there's, like, skimmers and stuff. Like, there's bugs that that their their way they transport themselves on water but yeah i guess if you have a if you have a pool in the desert i mean you're not going to you're not going to be getting like leaves and like random pine needles falling in it but like snakes but i guess you are going to get like the random bugs that will not survive out in the desert where there's no water but you'll get like the mosquitoes around that area cuz it's more moist yeah, I was wondering too, like the desert wildlife, would they be attracted to the pool? So you like have to worry about snakes or mice or. I mean, you're probably getting like a pretty decent fencing around the pool just because it's like a country club anyway. That's going to keep out like the coyotes and stuff, but not the little stuff that can get through the bars. <laughs> yeah, um, I I don't think snakes are jumping in the pool either, though, like. I guess, like, animals in general are probably going to be attracted to this, like, area where there's a bunch of food and... It's an oasis of sorts. But also there's, like, people and cars, so the animals kind of stay away because it's dangerous. So, But in the desert, most of the animals are nocturnal when the people aren't around. Yeah, I guess we're not really experts on Neither desert of us have pool lived wildlife. Neither in the desert, yeah. <laughs> um... So e- email us if you have a pool and you live in the desert and, and you want to you wanna let us know what what to look out for. But Troy and Gabriella should have been looking out for Fulton. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, an, it's one of those things that happens in, this, in movies, not this movie in particular, but like all kids movies where you're like, why did you do the thing that you were like explicitly told not to do? Like, why do you continue to get in trouble? Just listen to the instructions and like, like, you can still have fun, but you don't have to, like, go out of your way to violate every rule. You sound like a broken teacher, Tyler. <laughs> no, this is how I was when I was a kid. That is true. I will. Yeah, no, you were because you would get very frustrated with other movies and stuff. <laughs> but no, um, it is a good point that, like, and especially Gabriella, who has already brought up the fact they're not allowed to do this. But. She's so caught up in Troy. Yeah, and they're and they're and they're caught up in each other, and and their their relationship means more than anything, which is an understandable thing. But like, they've already been given two strikes. Like, well, Gabriella has at least. But yeah, it's 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 kind of annoying how Troy just like is so singularly focused on himself right now because. He's not acknowledging Gabriella's concerns and things. And while Gabriella gets swept up in it, too, ultimately, this does come down to Troy. Yeah. It's the sort of thing where it's like he thinks he's doing what's right by, like, getting Gabriella, like, some nice food and some time to relax. But he's doing it in the wrong way. Why don't they do this at their house, like, at one of their houses or something? I mean... Probably because neither because of them it's have a more pool. exciting to sneak around the pool. Yeah. Anyway, you need an excuse for Gabriella to get in trouble so the plot can move forward. Like that's at the end of the day, that's what it is. Yeah. And that's I think what we're getting a little frustrated with. Yeah, the plot is moving again at a weird pace. Like we're... Troy, Troy says it finally feels like summer, and so we 
we've gotten like a minute and a half of like the character getting what they want in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know, like in terms of, in terms of a plot, like usually in the middle of a movie, you have a montage where like everything is going exactly how the character wants it to go. And you're like, you're like riding high. And then something at the end of the montage happens that like throws you in a new direction or you get a new surprise. But like, if it's a heist movie, you're like, you're planning the heist and every, and you're getting every step exactly right. And you're setting things up and things are in place for where they need to be. And then at the end of it, you, you are ready to face the next challenge, but we haven't gotten like the middle of the movie. Like here's what everything would be like if we, all had what we want. Does that make sense? No, it does. And I'm like thinking about the movie and how, I mean, to some extent, not all of them wanted to be working and it's very slice of life and how drawn out a lot of it is. But at the same time, it's not super effective storytelling in the way it's being presented right now because we're not sure what the big conflict is going to be yet. It's going to be around the talent show, but we don't know what yet. And none of them have really seemed to found their groove yet, except maybe Gabriella, who's kind of seamlessly stepped into the lifeguard role. Like, yeah. there's no groove to be to be had at this country club. Like, it's all... Because, because there's been no character development for anyone except Troy. And, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, shall we move on? Sure. So. Yeah, we've got our decom of the week segment. Yeah, so I'm now going to present Tyler an IP, and he's going to try and turn it into a Disney Channel original movie. Oh, boy. So, Tyler, I was thinking about middle grade books. Oh, as as you often do. As I often do. That's my job now. (laughs) And I was thinking about some of the great young adult writers and who would be remiss without mentioning the great Judy Bloom as a young adult writer and being one of the first major young adult authors? And who would then, be remiss indeed? And then I realized we've never had a Tales of the Fourth Grade Nothing or Fudge appearance on screen. So, yeah, Super Fudge has su- never happened. Super Fudge, Fudgemania, Double Fudge. Are you sure? Have you have you looked into this? I have. Like okay. And I was very surprised, but also not super surprised cuz Judy Bloom's pretty protective. Yeah. So, um so, so there's this series of Judy Bloom novels about a young boy uh, initially in 4th grade, hence the title of that one who has a, a younger brother. Is his name just Fudge, or does he have a other name? So the the young fourth grader, well, starting fourth grader is Peter, and then his younger brother, who is significantly younger at the start of the first book, but then ages over time, is Farley Drexel, but they just call him Fudge. And then he's okay. got the neighbor, the bratty neighbor named Sheila the Great. Like, Sheila, by the end of the series, they have another sibling... Uh, so it's like Peter, he's like a normal kid who's got kind of like a crazy uh, little uh, sibling. I, yeah, he's got the crazy little sibling and he's also got like, like he's not like he's popular and like everything in his life is great. He's like, I don't know if he's 
picked on, but he's just kind of like a normal guy who's just like trying to find his way in the world. And it seems like everything would be great if his little brother didn't ruin everything for him. Yeah, like the first book, he gets a turtle from a birthday party that he was like, not enjoy like people invited him but because he's in the class not because they're friends necessarily and he like won a turtle and then fudge ate the turtle yeah and then the whole story became about fudge yeah and so i mean the the sort of family dynamic where like i mean i feel like we've we've done actual d like decoms (laughs) uh reviews about this where it's like oh there's a family with a little sibling who (laughs) <laughs> the the older sibling has to take care of and whoa boy hijinks ensue um so it's 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 well trodden ground but probably because judy bloom kind of pioneered it yeah so so and i just want to clarify coming, there is a there was a very short-lived television show that was called fudge but it seemed to be more focused on fudge than peter Okay. So I just wanted to Miss, clarify. Missing the whole like dynamic point of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if we're coming back to Fudge, then what we what you almost have to do is you have to justify why you're doing this very like traditional like sibling plot after after it's been done and redone in a very like traditional like TV movie way so many times. So is there some sort of there's some sort of spin that we're putting on it, right? And, and, and obvious. So usually, usually when it's done in a movie, it is done with a spin, right? The little brother is an alien or a robot or like something like that. Yeah, because because Judy Bloom established the norm version, and then everyone yeah. else is like, okay, now how do I make it my version and not Judy Bloom's version? And it's also got it's also very much got this um, Dario the Wimpy Kid esque aspect to it where it's like it doesn't necessarily have a plot that's like this is what the character wants and it goes from a to b to c there's a climax and a denouement it's just kind of like a bunch of scenes happen in the life of a fourth grader or a fifth grader and it's almost like alexander and the terrible horrible no good very bad day where it's just like here's a series of unfortunate things that happen and how this child had to deal with all of them or I guess Charlie Brown, too. Yeah. Peter is a Charlie Brown-esque character. He's not as negative as Charlie Brown, but like that. <laughs> I can't, like, I've got my one friend. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking all in the same, like, all these IPs are all interconnected in pretty, pretty integral ways. I guess, so a lot of what, a lot of what Judy Bloom developed as a writer was the sort of, inner life of the child and the normalization that children can have bad emotions and can do naughty things and it's okay or have thoughts that are normal like she was her goal was to normalize teen behavior in a way that had never been done in books and i don't know if the fudge series did that necessarily well as peter got older it kind of did but yeah i mean it's not Dear God, it's me, Margaret, or what, whatever yeah. that one's called. Yeah, yeah. Are you there, God? It's are you there, um, God? It's me, Margaret. Um, it's not. It's not on that level, but it's still like, oh, this is a child who like is go like is being put through the ringer. His two <laughs> in and a, a funny half year- way. Yeah, his two and a half year old brother eats his turtle, 
the little brother <laughs> has to go to the hospital to have the turtle removed. The turtle died in the stomach. And then, up oh, he gets a dog because no one, like, because his parents feel bad. Yeah. But it, we're still meant to, like, <laughs> emotionally connect with the character. And, and that's and that's the base of it, right? You, you don't you don't necessarily emotionally connect to the Narnia kids mm-hmm. or the Hardy boys or Nancy Drew. They're just kind of like they they have a role and then they do it and the story kind of happens around them. And obviously narrative fiction has been, you know, studying characters for much longer. And I'm sure there are earlier examples of children's fiction doing this, but people giving kids rich inner lives, I, I guess didn't happen until the, the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is fair. <laughs> Children I'll, didn't like, exist before the 1980s. Well, I don't know. Like, like no. Tom Sawyer, Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn, like, I guess would be counter examples. Yeah. But they're not geared for children. Well, Tom Sawyer is. Yeah. But and Huck Finn nominally is, but it tends to be read as adult literature. Yeah. Now. But there's there's also like Mark Twain also has like other other facades going on in those contexts as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, I so, wonder. It's so what, what, what does this movie look like? Align it with I thought it was interesting when you aligned it with Diary of a Wimpy Kid because maybe that is our modern equivalent of Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing and Beyond. But well, yeah, and and Greg Heffley also just does have the the annoying younger brother Manny. Who is in in many ways is almost like um, a hyper realized version of Fudge. Yeah. Where like Manny Manny is like like so obnoxious and gets away with so much that it just becomes like almost fantasy. Like, yeah. How did he manage that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to say Fudge doesn't do some crazy stuff too, but yeah, no, Manny is that escalation of it. I wonder if. It's just kind of one of those, like, I think we did one of these already where it was like a season kind of movie where like we, we saw it was the American Girl one that we no, did. No, it. Here's, here's what it's got to be. I, I just cracked it. Okay. We just put Peter Super Fudge Universe and we combine it with Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Boom. So it's like Fairly Odd meet. Parents meets Jimmy Neutron. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's like the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour, except it's. P- Does he have a last name, Peter something? Uh, it's Peter... Peter O'Toole. Hatcher. Hatcher. Peter Hatcher and Greg Heffley, they meet and they both compete about <laughs> whose life sucks the worst. They I don't like, know. What, well, I think Peter's a writer, if I remember correctly. He I was like, going to say, is there a conceit to the like, is he, a, is he, a, does he have a diary in that same way? I does he, he? I think not like a diary diary, but I think he like wants to be a writer. To su- I, I think that's kind of his like little in his interest, his hobby. And it'd be interesting if like he wrote a column for like they, they created like a little school because Greg creates that cartoon for his little school newspaper and it'd be funny if peter started writing a little column and there was like a short story of all the craziness that lives like his life is with fudge and like people start seeing the similarities and they're like is this the same person (laughs) i guess there's a version of it where they do meet in person and then there's another version of it where they're like pen pals or Mm. like or like 
they have like a distant connection that that could, like uh <laughs> like letters to greg <laughs> and <laughs> I kind of like that. They like it's I like that almost idea like better. Yeah. it's almost like each person is writing to each other to like <laughs> try to try to explain how, how terrible their life is. Yeah, because yeah. um, that's the thing is like because Greg is Greg Hefley from Diary of a Wimpy Kid is a terrible person. Yeah, like the nice thing is Peter is not. Yeah, so that balance there might help. Yeah, so there's something interesting about it where like. They're both kind of competing, but Peter's doing it for the right reasons and Drake's doing it for like the wrong reasons as always. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's such a tricky, like, cause it is so white bread male protagonist kind of thing. But I like this idea of like a letter and it's like, they send the letter, you kind of see they... on screen, you, the, the, it's narrated, but you're seeing what's happening on screen and Maybe or do like, they trade? Do they trade spaces? Well, maybe they start out as like the first couple of scenes are them like letters and like all the craziness, and they're like, it turns into summer, and he, it's like, yeah, let's try trading places. And I guess they both realize how thankful they are for their own their own family relationships. Yeah. You know, Peter at first is excited to have an older brother in mm-hmm. Roderick. But this is weird Roger because, like, because the universes are like so entirely different. Like, yeah, Diary of a Wimpy Kid universe is like very cartoony, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Greg is excited to have like a normal family, but then he realizes that no family is normal, mm-hmm. and he appreciates the quirks of his family. And he realizes though that a no- what if he like falls in love with Sheila? Perhaps. I feel like that what if would Greg, happen. What if Greg Hefley d- d- get actually gets along with Fudge, or mm. or is Fudge worse? Or like I don't know. Like I feel like Manny is probably worse, like consistently. But Fudge is just so outlandish and just like goes too far. Like when he goes, he goes way too far. But there's a version of it where it's like when it's when it's not your actual brother, like you at you're actually able to make a connection because you're not like competing or forced to mm-hmm. forced to be in the same space. So maybe maybe what happens is Greg connects with Fudge and he realizes like yeah, I don't have to like doesn't have to be weird with Manny. It can just This is so I'm sorry that I made it a crossover, but <laughs> it, I think that's I, what if they like met at summer camp or something like that. It's the parent trap. It's yeah. the parent trap. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like there's a way to earnestly do super fudge in in our time because yeah. it, it it has become like we're, pa- we're past that story now the, the, the modern the modernism that is judy judy bloom like we have moved past to the postmodernism of it which diary of Olympic kid is very postmodern mm-hmm. and i don't like i am not smart enough to make the meta modern version of super fudge where it's playing on the tropes of both the original earnest version and the parody ironic version in a way that combines them both into one. (laughs) So this is what we got. Yeah, no, and that's fine. I just, I thought it was, I I thought I was thinking about the whole tales of a fourth grade nothing and how it really didn't, it took off in book form. And like, one thing that kills me is, the book award for children between third and fifth grade 
uh, Fudgemania won like four years in a row in the 80s. Like, that was the only, like, they changed the rules because of Judy Bloom because that book kept winning. And they're like, yeah. no, it has to be released in the last year kind of thing. So it's just kind of funny that, well, that also is indi- indicative of the changing nature of children's publishing in that there were more titles to pick from. Yeah, um, over time. I think well. we certainly had a worthwhile conversation about the characters and the yeah. and the themes no, therein. No, and that's what I'm saying is like <laughs> I was just thinking about it as like a means to have a conversation about like how we got to this weird realm of High School Musical and I mean the Diary of a Wimpy Kid TV show and um, now streaming on Disney Plus kind of thing. Like it's kind of like if you look at the white bread character we had in the 1980s and now we're here. Yeah, in a way, things haven't changed at all. Nope. <laughs> um, great. Well, on that positive note, where can people find us on the internet? People can find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. You can send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know who your favorite white bread, white boy protagonist is. I would say Percy Jackson probably, but I don't know if he's all that white bread. Yeah, the, there's a conversation. There's a conversation to be had where like he's the, he's the he's the type of one where like he's the in in order to like get the excuse for the people around him. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like Harry. No, Harry Potter's the opposite of that. Harry yeah. Potter's the here's an interesting world, but it's about a white boy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Special thanks to our artist Theo Golden at T Golden Art on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I've been Condra. And I've been Tyler. And we'll see you next time to see how bad things go for Gabriella and how Troy somehow gets away with it. You can bet on it. <laughs>